Dan Radio Style, hope everybody out there is having themselves a great day. Probably Neville Goddard's best work. Saying it so far, I've read two different sources of this material. So Pruning Shears of Revision is in the book Awakened Imagination and the Search. Uh, it's chapter four, and that's what I'm going to be reading from. There's one example in there that I kind of chopped just because it's long, and I'll give you the synopsis of it. Spoiler alert, she manifests what she wants. Um, but the other thing is, is I read the PDF. There's a 1954 PDF pruning shears of revision i will do a future show on it for sure certainly read it and I'll, I'll go ahead and drop the link in there at least where i found it amazing work it has got a piece in there that i really think ties into how we interact with other souls on a deeper level again i think it's goddard kind of sharing with us that that next level esoteric type stuff that i frequently like to hint at but on top of that quite possibly some of the best advice that a human could give another human in relation to manifesting, the quality of the lives we experience on a regular basis, what our worlds are like, how the people around us seem to treat us, all of these things. So if you've got a specific person that you're after, if you're trying to get a job, any place where people are involved, this is probably his single best piece of work. So Awake Imagination and Search, great book. One quote comes out of here too as well. Blake, his infamous Blake that he always quotes from. Blake said, in heaven, the only art of living is forgetting and forgiving. And coincidentally, the pruning shears of revision are very, very around the concept of forgiveness. Forgiving self and forgiving others. And really what you do to yourself, you do for another. And what you're doing for another, you're doing for yourself. We've got this whole we are one thing. The Pruning Shears of Revision, Neville Goddard. Fantastic stuff. Let's take a walk here. The second man is the Lord from heaven, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47. The very first act of correction or cure is always revised. One must start with oneself. It is one's attitude that must be changed. Now, he's been talking a lot in this book about how everything outer, everything outside of ourselves comes from inside of ourselves. So anyone that's really following this stuff closely and trying to kind of take Goddard at his word, if you see something in your outer world or if something has happened in your outer world that you don't particularly like, revise slash change what's going on inside in your inner world. It's the only reason it's happened. Now, maybe the direct correlation can be tricky to find sometimes, but the reason something's in your outer world is because of what's going on in your inner world. It is a most healthy and productive exercise to daily relive the day as you wish you had lived it, revising the scenes to make them conform to your ideals. For instance, suppose today's mail brought disappointing news. Revise the letter, mentally rewrite it, and make it conform to the news you wish you had received. Then, in imagination, read the revised letter over and over again. This is the essence of revision, and revision results in repeal. Now, what he's talking about here is to go through your daily exercise. And he's very specific in here, is it's about looking at what's happened today before you go to bed. The revisions have a lot to do with before you let things go into the past, before you allow something to become tomorrow, revise it today. Revise it as it's fresh in your mind. Revise it the day you have experienced it. And here is where you can turn things around. You can change the way the day played out, and you can change the way tomorrow 
happens relative to what happened today. Meaning, if today sucked, something bad happened, well, you can kind of revise that, play it back, play it back, make it a better experience in your mind, keep going through it in your mind, and then when tomorrow happens, you'll see a difference like yesterday didn't quite happen the way we originally experienced it. And one of the great things about this is you're doing it where he says, revise it in your imagination, read it back in your imagination over and over. That's the whole manifesting technique. So what you're doing is you're essentially re-manifesting the results of today, and you're re-manifesting them in a way that kind of fits better for what you would like to experience. Either A, a better view of the individuals that you interacted with, B, maybe a better view of what you did, like you could have handled it better, or just maybe something happened today that you needed to kind of see it happen a little differently. The one requisite is to arouse your attention in a way and to such intensity that you become wholly absorbed in the revised action. You will experience an expansion and refinement of the senses by this imaginative exercise and eventually achieve vision. But always remember that the ultimate purpose of this exercise is to create in you the spirit of Jesus, which is continual forgiveness of sin. Now to remind you, Goddard frequently talks about sin and sin is missing the mark, not necessarily so much of some ideological concept or some thing that was written in a book long ago that thou shall not whatever, but sin really is missing the mark. Now, all those thou shalt nots can very well fall into that category, as Goddard, I think, explains. And again, forgive me to some degree, because I've been reading two different versions of the pruning shears, and so the, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure which document I'm mixing together. But again, to the point, both of these documents, both of these, the book and the, the PDF, both of them follow the same context. So it's just beautiful. So you should read them both. They're amazing. Revision is of greatest importance when the motive is to change oneself. When there is a sincere desire to be something different, when the longing is to awaken the ideal active spirit of forgiveness, without imagination, man remains a being of sin. Man either goes forward to imagination or remains imprisoned in his senses. To go forward to imagination is to forgive. Forgiveness is the life of imagination. The art of living is the art of forgiving. Forgiveness is, in fact, experiencing in imagination the revised version of the day, experiencing in imagination what you wish you had experienced in the flesh. Every time one really forgives, that is, every time one relives the event as it should have been lived, one is born again. Father, forgive them is not the plea that comes once a year, but the opportunity that comes every day. The idea of forgiving is the daily possibility and if it is sincerely done, it will lift man to higher and higher levels of being. He will experience a daily Easter, and Easter is the idea of rising transformed. And that should almost be a continual process. Freedom and forgiveness are indissolubly linked. Not to forgive is to be at war with ourselves, for we are freed according to our capacity to forgive. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. That's Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Forgive not merely from a sense of duty or service. Forgive because you want to. And again, I'm talking about how Goddard is truly sharing one of the most profound 
powerful things in this entire manifesting game. I've talked about thought transmissions. I've talked about the quality of our being and how we feel and energetically are with each other. That is what he's also speaking to from a different angle. Forgiveness. Holding ill heart towards anybody or anything only does damage to ourselves. Doesn't do anything to them. Doesn't hurt them at all. In fact, in most cases, the whole us pushed out thing is the fact that they're playing a part for us. That's not even necessarily their reality or experience. We've imposed this on them and pressed this on them, but it's not necessarily their truth. It's our truth. And so we need to modify what's going on inside of us. And that is the most profound way to look at life. When we have disagreements with others, when we're the ones that can step up and be the bigger person, as they sometimes say, and understand that forgiveness is divine and understand that forgiving is the way forward and understanding that listening to someone else and hearing what they have to say is very important, that everyone's voice matters, right? When we come at it from that more forgiving, more open, more loving kind of way, a lot of things can change in your life overnight. You must take pleasure in revision. You can forgive others effectively only when you have a sincere desire to identify them with their ideal. Duty has no momentum. Forgiveness is a matter of deliberately withdrawing attention from the unrevised day and giving it full strength and joyously to the revised day. If a man begins to revise even a little of the vexations and troubles of the day, then he begins to work practically on himself. Every revision is a victory over himself and therefore a victory over his enemy. Again, it's victories for ourselves. It's helping us. Forgiving others is helping us. When we have ill in our heart towards anybody, we will find more difficulties in our daily experiences, especially with those particular individuals. Is there a specific someone that you love but you're frustrated with? Trust me, it's not helping you. Letting go of that, revising that, forgiving that, letting go of all of this angst and anger and getting back to that place of feeling good and sound. Now that is an attractive quality. Now that is the bigger person. And that is what love really does. A man's foes are those of his own household. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. And his household is his state of mind. He changes his future as he revises his day. When a man practices the art of forgiveness, of revision, however factual the senses on which sight then rests, he revises it with his imagination and gazes on one never before witnessed. The magnitude of the changes which any act of revision involves makes such changes appear wholly improbable to the realist, the unimaginative man. But the radical changes in the fortunes of the prodigal were all produced by a change of the heart. Now, again, one of the beautiful things about the prodigal son was the fact that he learned a lesson, came home and was able to partake in the family and be a good son, basically, while the other son that did all the proper things never really did get the credit he deserved that never really did get resolved in the story. But the point of the story was the forgiveness of the son who had made all the mistakes, not necessarily the part of ourselves that does everything right. And forgiveness is key. And that is why that story was so beautiful. The battle man fights is fought out in his own imagination. The man who does not revise the day has lost the vision of that life into the likeness of which it is true laborer of the spirit of Jesus to transform this life.
As it says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, All things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, even so do ye to them. For this is the law. What you do to another, you do for yourself. What you do for yourself, you do for another. Yes, we're all one. Yes, we're all us pushed out and all this other nonsense. But we're also individuated souls. We're different. We're individuated aspects of the one source. So we're all little individuated pieces of the same thing. It's beautiful when you really truly look at it. So the story that he gives an example of is a teacher. And she was in the classroom and the janitor and her had some history, had some problems, had some assumptions about each other. And he apparently ran out of time when cleaning the room. So we put all the, left all the chairs up on the tables, right? And so she had to come in and take them off. And she was begrudgingly making a comment about him. Not a very good comment. And as she was pulling the chair down and making this negative comment in her mind, the chair fell, hit her in the, in the foot, and really hurt, like hurt bad. And she was worried at first. And then she kind of like, you know, walked it off, if you will, and kind of went about the day. And later on, I guess she's an artist. She was painting or doing whatever and went to walk up to do something and her foot just completely failed her. And she realized, oh, she started connecting the dots. She connected it back to where she had injured her herself because she was thinking about this janitor in a bad way when she was doing something. When there was this connection, again, janitor's the one that put the chair up there. Energetically speaking, janitor's presence was very involved in this. But him maybe not caring a lot about her. Maybe he didn't go that extra step to take the chairs down at the end of the night. Maybe he felt like he'd done a sufficient job. And supposedly there was discussion about how he had lost some help. So he was having to do more work himself. But she realized that this lied on her. That this injury occurred because of this. So what she did is she revised the scene. She revised the way she saw him. She revised over and over in her mind how she viewed this individual, and how he was much better than she had kind of been assuming him to be. Literally, by just changing her feelings about him as a person, not trying to revise what happened, wasn't trying to revise the chair falling and not hurting herself, no. She was revising the cause of the chair falling and hurting herself. And the reason the chair fell and hurt herself was because she held ill heart towards another. For whatever reason, it was justified in her mind, and in his mind, disliking her, it was justified in his mind. So they're playing two little weird little things, right? Every time he sees her, she hates my good, blah, blah, blah. Every time she sees him, he doesn't like me for some reason. I don't know why. So-and-so told me. Neither of them were right about the other, but they had us pushed out all sorts of crazy stuff that wasn't true. And here she was injured. Here she was realizing the only way to revise this is to change how I feel about this individual I was thinking about when I hurt myself. So she did that. She revised it, revised it, revised it, essentially went to bed, woke up the next morning, went to put on her sock. And she's like, wait a minute, nothing hurts anymore. And she saw a small little mark where the injury had occurred, but no black and blue, nothing. None of the symptoms that she had seen the night before when her ankle didn't work at all. None of that was present. She completely revised the situation. She healed the thing that was causing the problem. And so because of that, there was no need for the resultant problem. The injury was not necessary anymore because she revised the relationship with the person that she had bad mojo with, for lack of a better way to put it. 
She learned a valuable lesson, but also was a very astute student. When you read her example, it's like, wow, she knew her stuff. She was an avid Goddard uh, you know, lecturer attendee, right? She, she knew her stuff, and she was 100% right, and it's a great example. Again, this is the book for those the weekly reader. There's a link below. You can get the PDF online. I mean, it's a different story in there, but same basic stuff. It's, it's amazing. So Goddard continues after her story. We should take our life not as it appears to be, but from the vision of this artist, from the vision of the world made perfect that is buried under all minds, buried and waiting for us to revise the day. We are led to believe a lie when we see with not through the eye, as Blake would say. A revision of the day and what she held to be so stubbornly real was no longer so to her, and like a dream had quietly faded away. You can revise the day to please yourself, and by experiencing in imagination the revised speech and actions, not only modify the trends of your life story, but turn all its discords into harmonies. The one who discovers the secret of revision cannot do otherwise than let himself be guided by love. Your effectiveness will increase with practice. Revision is the way by which right can find its appropriate might. He's giving a huge key here, and he just sort of, this is like the upper level lesson. There's people that'll read this just very, very black and white, just very, yeah, just revise what you're doing. Cool. Awesome. Bah, 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 and they run off. Then there's the imaginative mind that truly reads this. And here's this statement a little bit different. You can revise the day to please yourself, and by experiencing in imagination the revised speech and actions, not only modify the trend of your life story, but turn all its discords into harmonies. All of its places that suck, it makes them better. The one who discovers the secret of revision cannot do otherwise than let himself be guided by love. Your effectiveness will increase with practice. Revision is the way by which right can find its appropriate might. What he is saying, what I have found, I was very lucky to have been brought up by a very, very nice father that was just kind to people. And I learned to be kind to people. And it's amazing how the world treats you when you're kind to others, when you actually do just care about people and want to see the best for them. It is amazing what opens up in your life without any manifesting techniques sometimes. Sometimes just the very act of opening your energy that way causes opportunities that your heart and soul know you want, but you didn't really think about, but they're right in front of you. And you're like, oh my God, this is awesome. This is sweet. I never thought this would happen. To know that truth, you must live the truth. And to live the truth, your interactions must match the actions of your fulfilled desires. Expectancy and desire must become one. And that's something that even Murphy, Joseph Murphy was saying. You need to get your expectations in line with what you desire. If you expect an outcome for the desire that you've got, meaning if I do something and expect it to work and I get those things in alignment, I feel great about it. So if I know, for an example, sending a text message to someone is going to get a response back, especially if I do it in a loving kind of cool way, and I get a neat little response back, then that's kind of an expect expectancy. And so when I send the text message, I feel good about it. It feels like a good idea. But if I think like, ah, oh, if I send this text message, they don't ever text me back. They never, te they haven't been texting me back ever. Now I want to send a text message, but I don't feel like it's going to get me the expected results. So I get angry about it. I'm bummed about it. I get frustrated about it. It's because I'm out of alignment. Now, 
what you do is you assume that they do want to hear the text message. You revise it so you see that response coming back. You get your alignment of what your expectation is and what your desire is. You desire to text them, and right now my expectations are out of whack, then I need to shift my expectations back to this will work. And you do that through some positive affirmations, through some positive statements, by revising, by changing what you currently believe in your mind. Keep playing it back in your mind until you finally have a story where they're texting you back, and happily so, with emoticons and little hearts and silly things like that. That is how you revise. Your outer world is only actualized inner movement. Through ignorance of the law of revision, those who take to warfare are perpetually defeated. Only concepts that idealize depict the truth. Your ideal of man is his truest self. It is because I firmly believe that whatever is most profoundly imaginative is, in reality, most directly practical that I ask you to live imaginatively and to thinketh into and to personally appropriate the transcendent saying, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's like That's like one sentence, by the way. Like, what the hell does he... Don't blame, only resolve. It is not man and the earth at their loveliest, but you practicing the art of revision make paradise. The evidence of this truth can lie only in your own experience of it. Try revising the day. It is to the pruning shears of revision that we own our prime fruit. He is 100% right. And so many of the problems that we experience in our day-to-day-to-day are because experiences happen, they don't necessarily go well, and instead of revising them towards the positive, a lot of the times we get angry inside and we get frustrated inside and we play back that thing worse and worse and worse, don't we? We revise it. Now it becomes an argument in our mind. Now that we're making it a bigger deal, we're saying they don't like us, that they don't agree with us, that they're this or that, that they're this name or that name. You don't necessarily know that. There's a lot of assumption in there. But on top of that, you're revising it in a bad direction. Revisions go both ways. You can use the pruning shears of revision and cut the fruit right off the vine. Whoops. Don't want to do that, do we? So you try to cut the crap off. You try to revise the stuff that's not working. And you revise it towards an ideal, towards a positive that benefits everybody, that benefits the most people possible. You've succeeded in revising a situation when everybody in that situation is better than they were before better. Everybody. Not that the third party's bummed and over in the corner pouting and you and your significant person are happy. That's No, that's a bad revision. That's not a good revision anyway. It's a mediocre revision. You get a, you get a C. To get that A grade, that third party in the corner upset should find happiness too. Should be able to find and meet somebody else as well. What benefits everybody? That's the revision you want to change. That's the way you want to look back on today, tonight when you go to bed. Look back on the day. What didn't go quite according to plan? Revise it. Alter that relationship. Get back on a good footing. If not anything in your own mind, don't you carry the burdens into tomorrow. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I mean, the way reality works out, they won't. But don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what you can do. Worry about what you can change. 
Because when you revise your experience of it, the rest of it has to change. It's the nature. It's the law. It's the way this all works. Revise your life into a better and better and better tomorrow. It's Dan Radio Style.